Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. We are here with a very special guest, Mr. Jonathan Austin, Richmond celebrity, entertainer, juggler, magician, extraordinaire. And I tell you, what a treat to have you in the studio with us today. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here and so nice to see you again. I really appreciate you having the likes of me on. Uh, man, this is this is super. And uh, wherever you're listening right now uh, to us, whether it's on Facebook Live, our podcast, uh, live on the radio on 92.7 FM uh, or 820 AM in Richmond, thank you for being here and allowing us to be part of your journey. You can get every show on our website, also at greatpeopleshow.com. Every week we deliver to you, the listener, the insights and inspiration for a life of significance and serving others because true greatness is serving others. And uh, so, Jonathan, you and I go way back. Way back. And uh, we've known each other through various businesses and, yes, and uh, run into each other, especially because I used to be in the uh, entertainment event production industry. And I man, remember well. That is where we met. I uh, used to uh, do events together all the time. Yes. So your career is one that has always fascinated me. Thank you. Uh, JJ and I on the show week after week, we talk a lot about people's why. We talk a lot about making a leap to do something that you really love and that you're really passionate about. Yes. And you're a great example of someone who has taken something that 99% of people would be scared to death to even attempt to make a living out of and... You've done it successfully. It's taken you to to Disney World. It's taken you to the White House. It's taken you to so many incredible places. You can't go anywhere in Richmond without seeing Jonathan, whether it's on TV commercials, whether it's on the news, print media, the sides of trucks. I mean, <laughs> your face is everywhere. Thank you kindly. I'm really interested to hear. So how did this whole, you know, it, it's it's not that long a show, but but in uh, <laughs> how did this whole journey come about for you? And, and how did you discover that this was this was your calling? Thank you so much for your kind words. First off, that does make me feel great. And uh, it's always good to reflect on uh, what has happened. And I'm quite grateful each and every day. Very thankful. Uh, let's see. When I was 12, I started juggling. And of course, there was no blueprint. There was no... Uh, set agenda. But when I was 14, uh, somebody was nice enough to hire me five shows for $15. I <laughs> thought at 14 years old, uh, I had made it back in 1984, long ago. So uh, let's see, when I was 15, I started doing it at King's Dominion. And it just kind of, it just kind of started to happen. And then when I was finishing high school, it's like school was not really my bag. I, my two sisters, shall we say, were much better at school and other people were. Uh, but with that, I just started doing shows all the time, and it just kind of fell into place. And then I did go to school for one year in college, and with that, I uh, just realized this is what I wanted to do. I got a job at Walt Disney World, and that was long ago, I think uh, 28 years ago. And wow. Yeah, it just kind of fell into place and just kind of kept doing it, passing out my business cards, old school, even nowadays with social media and everything. Just always trying to get my name out there and trying to get people to hire me for parties, festivals, lots of repeat business, that kind of stuff. So... Quite grateful. As you get older, you do meet so many people that do not like their jobs, which uh, I do feel bad for. I, you meet so many people that are trying to find something else and that kind of stuff or move over, whereas I've always been content with what I've done. So I'm quite, quite grateful for that. 
Yeah, so I mean, over a career like that, has there ever been a doubt in your mind that that you're you're not doing the right thing? I mean, is is this still something that you're passionate about? Do you and and do you enjoy? I'm, I'm not every day can be perfect, but most days, is this something you still love? I think you put it best. Yes, indeed. This is something I love each and every day. I had a great time uh, last night even doing something at Joe's in Bonaire where I wound up working overtime because you start seeing friends and you want to do stuff for them. So uh, let's see. Nothing's perfect, as they say, but uh, every now and then you you get a moment of doubt or something like that. Uh, What's up with this? But I tell you, 99% of the time is absolutely perfect, and I hope to uh, continue making a living at this and highs and lows, just like any profession. I think we have to be okay with the lows to uh, get to the highs. And sometimes people are not. So uh, yeah, there's a trying moment here or there, but uh, with that, like I said, 99% of the experiences are actually great. Yeah. And uh, no, that's, that's great. And I'm sure as you've developed your business, it it occurs to me that you've kind of got two different sides of what you have to do. You've got the side where you have to go out and, and do your thing and, and perform and entertain. Sure. But what nobody sees are all the hours and hours that you have to spend behind the scenes, behind the scenes, right? So dealing with clients and actually selling yourself, exactly. uh, actually practicing and, and try to keep it fresh. I'm sure I, I know your act has certainly changed over the years, sure. um, you know, as I've seen. So how do you, because like you said, there's no blueprint for something like exactly. this. How do you how do you go about scheduling your time and, and figuring all that out? I'm sure now it's it's second nature to you, but was that a tough transition for you? Uh, you definitely had to realize it was show business, 50% show, 50% business. So uh, with that, you have to just basic uh, skills like returning phone calls, keeping schedules straight, getting to uh, events on time and all that. So uh I guess I've seen so many performers that uh, maybe that wasn't their strong point, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, you've seen them uh, not do as well as they could have if they could have just simply uh, done the business aspect. So it is definitely a, a, a half and half, if you will. So, and I enjoy both uh, aspects of it. I enjoy talking to people on the phone and trying to get things. And then, of course, sometimes you uh, go after something and it doesn't work out. So you have to be a, okay with that and realize you may be planting seeds for another time on the, yeah. down the road. Yeah, and and... As you as you uh, go through Richmond, and sure. you, I know you've got you know you've got a family, and yes. you do have a life outside of life juggling outside and, and the very magic. supportive of Cheryl and Truman. Yes, and indeed. Uh, they are awesome. Um, Thank you. Your wife is incredible. I've met her a few times. Thank you. What uh, is it? Do you enjoy when you're out in public trying to have a dinner with your family? <laughs> and I mean, because you really are. You're a local celebrity here, and and I'm sure people are constantly coming up to you. How how do you how do you deal with that? Thank you so much. It's a, it's actually quite flattering. I enjoy it. Uh, I guess being a father, and I think most fathers they want their children to be proud of them. <laughs> so there's a happy moment when somebody comes up and says something, and my son's with me. Uh, with that, it's like. I'm, it's almost like I want to impress him. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what does he think of all this? He thinks it's cool. I get kind of, ah, whatever. But uh, I guess he, I mean, as they say, children, right? They don't know anything else. But with that, it is quite flattering. And uh, I just performed at a school a couple of days ago, and it is really neat to see him. And then he came out. Uh, we had the school off school off last Monday, and he came to a couple of shows with me, and it, it was really neat to get him to help out and see other kids, uh, other people react to it. And, and I, I do think he... Uh, 
is happy with it. So I'm, 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 I'm glad about that. And thank you for asking. No, that's, uh, that's great. Well, we've got so much more to talk about. I sure. want to continue here with uh, Jonathan and talk about some of the ways that he has built rapport and built relationships with his clients, both uh, from a business side and from an entertainment side. But uh, right now we've got to pay the bills. We're going to take a quick break, <laughs> but don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Great People Show. So, J.J. White and I do this show every week, and occasionally one of us is out. And when one of us can't make it, the good thing is we get the other one to to bring in a guest. And I was glad to have you here today. J.J. got a treat. I was gone for a whole month of the summer on a uh, cross-country trip, so he had a whole bunch of uh, guest guest co-hosts in here. So. As, as everybody knows, every week on the show, we, we tend to choose a different topic that helps people to grow personally, sure. uh, grow in their in their kind of journey. The Great People Show, we call it that not because we're the great people, uh, but because we're all on a journey trying to become greater people sure, uh, in our lives. Mm-hmm. And you're somebody I've wanted to have on for a long time. And one thing I've really wanted to talk about is about building rapport with people and some people listening i mean what what does that what does that really mean uh building rapport with people is something that we do every day uh, we don't sure. think about it consciously a lot of the time mm-hmm. uh, but for some careers it's it's critical if it's you're in critical you're selling yourself everybody's in sales as they say a lot to be said a- for absolutely. that absolutely and mm-hmm. and so if if you're in entertainment if you're in direct sales if you're in any sort of a legal profession medical profession anything in customer service and i think we can all do a little better when we are intentional about building sure. rapport with the people that we meet. And so what rapport is, let, let's kind of define it. Uh, so so I was looking on, uh, on different online dictionaries and stuff sure. the other day. And they said rapport is a state of harmonious understanding with another individual or group that enables greater and easier communication. In other words, rapport is getting on well with another person or a group of people by having things in common. And this makes the communication process easier and usually more effective. So sometimes rapport happens naturally. You can you can hit it off with someone or, or you get on well with someone. Um, but oftentimes rapport has to be built and developed by finding uh, common ground, exactly. uh, developing a bond of being uh, empathetic. And I used to talk a lot with large groups about rapport. I I would meet with uh, lawyer groups, for example. So you have, say, a personal injury attorney uh, who makes a lot of money and and has a very different life than some clients he might meet that that he or she would have nothing in common with. And so the question was always, well, how do you get this person sitting across the table from you to like you, to trust you, to feel some level of, of common fiber with when... You otherwise don't have anything in common. In common. And so what made it interesting when I when I thought about you, Jonathan, is you've got to develop your rapport a little differently than most <laughs> of us. Uh, you have to build it first with your client, who's actually the one, you know, paying you. And, sure, and, sure. and then you've got to build it again with the audience that you're trying to entertain. And you don't have a whole lot of time to, to do, do that. Yeah, your first impression is last impression. A lot to be said for that. You really have whatever, 14 seconds to make an impression, and they can decide whether or not they like you. Yeah, and and so when you go in, I mean, you were at Joe's in Bonaire sure, last night, and, and you're going table to table. 20 different tables, and a lot of people you've never seen, and they don't know you from Adam. And they don't know if you're great or if you're terrible or whatnot. What's so up with this guy? How do you, 
and again, I know for you anymore, it must be, you know, virtually cruise control. You've been doing this for so long, but, but how do you approach that mentally? Like, how do you think about, about generally speaking, building rapport with, sure. with your audience? Well, I think first and foremost for anybody, whether or not you have a right to confidence, be sure you act with it. Stand up straight, take pride in yourself, realize you've done your homework, and then also realize there may be somebody who could care less. There's, uh, <laughs> needless to say, there's people who come from miles around to see me, and there's people who uh, wouldn't cross the street, and you have to be at peace with that. You have to be okay. So with that, yes, you're going from each table and uh, Plenty of times you've gone from one table that they wanted you longer than need be or you had to go somewhere else and then vice versa where other people are like, what's up with that? We just want to talk. So with that, you just have to feel out each situation. And if something doesn't work, it's okay. There's other people. You can go to uh, other groups. But at the same time, you always want to put yourself in other people's position to try to figure out, well, where are they coming from? They're looking at you. They've never seen the likes of you. They don't know if you're any good or not. They don't know if you're the greatest juggler magician or if you're uh, somebody who uh, yeah that uh, should be looked at with kids gloves so um with that you just have to take it chance by chance and hope for the best and if something doesn't work out go on but most of the time you do find little things that you can say and what works a lot of times with what i do and a lot of times i think with sales is almost never give the person a chance to say no just go out there and do it and just keep talking until they make the call on it something like that but uh like you said everybody no matter what your profession is whether you're salaried or it depends on what you're going to do we're all in sales whether it's a doctor i mean perpetually selling themselves to patients that uh, sometimes they have to give bad news sometimes they have happy news and they just have to put themselves in the other person's place and uh, i guess just like any profession you're going to find somebody doesn't like it and you have to be okay with that but the vast majority i think are pretty good yeah and and a lot of us in sales will be you know will be confronted with one person it's a, like you and they i right now it's, it's a one on one conversation sure and it's one thing to meet some objections there i'm sure over the years you've been in a, a large group situation uh, and you've got one person who you knows more than you or or who knows more who's thinks he's telling you how you're doing all the tricks if you're exactly. doing magic and whatnot and you have to deal with that. can bring the whole mood down. A lot to be said for that. That does happen from time to time where you get somebody, huh? It's, uh, they want to get down to business or something like that. And somebody's had you come in to uh, liven the group up and let's have a little fun before we do what we need to do. But uh, with that, you just have to look at it for what it is. You have to be able to isolate that and say, oh, that's the way it goes. And you can make jokes if you want to about that. I guess with mm -hmm. my situation, a lot of times I won't see people again with that. That doesn't give you a license to act however you want and speak your mind. But at the same time, you have to be able to take it for what it is. Whereas there are people uh, where if you have to deal with them time and time again, you may have to work them over slowly, if you will. So right at first, you're not going to have lightning bolts and thunder with your repertoire and your rapport with them. But at the same time, in good time, you can uh, work it out and find common ground and be okay and realize how different we all are. No doubt. And one thing I've seen about your act uh, through the years in, in all its uh, various incarnations, you know, between whether you're doing juggling magic, whether you're doing, I've seen you at kids' parties, festivals, restaurants, and I've seen you at, at corporate events uh, sure. where you're a little different, obviously. Yeah, have to adjust accordingly. For your audience, right? Yes. But one thing I've always noticed, no matter what your audience is, you always seem very focused on getting everybody on your side. You never play the role, when you're doing magic, for example, you never play the role of, I know more than you and I'm going to fool you. It's always humorous. It's always everybody kind of on your side of the table. And I've noticed for building rapport with your audience how 
that that takes a lot of the possible objections and stuff away because you're not setting up an adversarial relationship. Sure. Well, first off, thank you for the kind words. I'm glad you do notice that. But yes, you have to make it look like so many people can be like, look at what I have that you don't have. Look at what I can do that you can't do. And that's the last thing you want to do. Like you said, you want to, you want to, even if you're the focal point of the party, you want to get everybody going. So whether you're in sales, whatever it might be, you want to make it equal on both sides, if you will, and be okay with that. Just be at peace with that. So yeah, a lot to be said for that. And thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, we've got a few tips for building rapport in general and, and some things that, you know, we wanted to to talk about. So one is to use non-threatening and safe topics for initial small talk, you know, so we, we try to talk about, you know, established shared experiences, the weather, how you travel to where you are. We've tried to avoid talking about ourselves too much and ask questions for the other person. And I tell you, this is something that I see, and I'm sure you see it all the time where people have it. We love to talk about ourselves. Sure. Sure. People it's, it's human nature. Everybody thinks they want to have the cure for cellulite. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, So we love, we love talking about ourselves. Sure. We often spend a lot of time while the other person is talking, thinking about our response and what we want to say. And one of the quickest ways to build rapport, to build trust is to genuinely listen to the other, other person. person. A lot to be said for that. And that's also the way you learn. I mean, as they say, I, as I tell school groups, that you never learn when you're talking. You only learn when you're listening. And a lot to be said for getting other people involved and asking them about themselves. So, And then usually you'll find they uh, ask about you and you can say what you want to. Absolutely. And, and I mean, again, I know you're in the business of constantly having to build rapport with each other. Even when you came in here this morning, (laughs) uh, you know, you, you and I haven't seen each other for a while and, and you're asking me a million questions about what's going on. And then, and then, you know, Tracy here, our producer, and you're talking with her. And before the show started, I barely had a minute to ask you what's going on (laughs) with you. Thank you. But the relationship that, that builds that, Hey, wait a minute, this person really cares about what's going on in my life. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it will pay off in dividends it if really we will. can all take more time to ask questions exactly, and listen to what the person across the table listen is saying. Listen and remember everything. I mean, there's simple little tips. Just say it back to yourself. Just be able to remember everything. Like you said, it's been a couple of years since we've had the good fortune to see each other. But yeah. yeah, instantly there was that knowing feeling when we see each other. Hey, you're okay. I'm okay. Let's That's have right. a good time. Yeah. And a lot to be said for that and definitely building that up with people. Yeah, and and I mean, like you said, it's been been a while since we've been uh, in person together. Sure. But we both, you know, we we know each other's wives' names, kids, exactly. what schools, and right away, it's like, oh yeah, this we're we're buddies, and 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 I've missed seeing it, but it's we're right back where we left off, right back where we left off. And today is just a friendly chat here with sure. you know a few thousand of our closest friends. Exactly. But, Hello. <laughs> but in but in business, that sort that sort of thing after we've been absent from each other for so long. Right away, we've reestablished that connection, and man, I like this guy. Let's uh, we need to do some stuff together, right? It's, exactly. Yes, a lot to be said for that. And like I said, just remembering everything about people, and uh, you don't only really look at people as oh, this is a way to make money. You look at it as like you said, building rapport, building repertoire. This is a friend. How would I want to be treated if I was that person? And being able to put yourself in other people's shoes. So a lot to be said for that. And has it? You you focus too. I notice when I see your shows, mm-hmm. uh, and I see you just out in public. You remember people. You have just this 
uncanny knack uh, and not just remembering, hey, I've seen you before, but like you'll remember names, you'll remember <laughs> where they went to school, you remember the most random of things. Is that something that you had to work on developing or is that just some, sort of something that you're, you're gifted with that, that you have the innate ability to do? Well, first off, thank you for your kind words because that does make me feel good and I do take pride in being able to remember everything. Uh, so I guess it's maybe a happy medium where I, I'd go the extra mile and then I, I've read those books on how to win friends and influence people and, mm -hmm. and Harry Lorraine's books on he could, he could meet 300 people and then say the names back to them. So with that, it's definitely taking initiative to remember everything. And then with that, I, I guess a subjective opinion would be, yeah, I think there are some people that are just better than others at remembering facts. So, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, with that, uh, a lot to be said for that. And you make other people uh, feel good in that way. And like you said, building rapport. And that's so important if you want to get ahead in life. And I've yes. seen so many, uh, Performers are just so many professions. You see the je ne sais quoi quality where you see people that uh, just could care less. You know, my life, my life, what about me? Let me express my opinion. Let me tell you how I feel. And at the same time, if you can just get the other person to uh, go and find common ground, there's no two people who are alike. So whatever you can find, uh, common ground. No, that's uh, that's for sure. And and you named a great book, which is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. The Bible right there. Uh, and JJ and I have mentioned that book so many times <laughs> on this show. And Rightfully so. So much what we talk about here, that book can help you with. And it's an easy read. I mean, the book was written forever ago, but it's, it's phenomenal. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. Sure. Don't go anywhere. We have so much more to talk about. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Welcome back. Sitting here with entertainer extraordinaire, Mr. Jonathan, the juggler, Austin. And uh, talking about rapport this morning, something yes. that uh, you are no stranger to. And uh, before we took the break, we were talking about some tips to building rapport. rapport. And... Uh, Another big thing, uh, so we're talking about using safe topics for initial small talk. We talked about listening before, right before we took the break, we were talking about really listening to what the other person is saying. And one great way to build rapport is to find shared experiences or circumstances. Common ground, yeah. Common ground. Mm -hmm. So you and I, for example, we have uh, we have sons that are basically the same age. Exactly. And so we talk about, you know, so right away if I meet you off the street and we start talking about our families, oh, I've got a nine-year-old as well. What sports does yours play? Oh, he plays basketball. Mine too, which league? And all of a sudden, you and I that have never met before – in, in this hypothetical situation, sure. we already have something in common. Exactly. You become automatic friends. There's a lot to be said for that. And like you said, avoiding uh, maybe subjects that uh, are tricky, if you will, and uh, yes. trying to keep it just general, talking about kids. and So so let me understand what you just said. So sure. you're saying politics and religion, probably not two of the first <laughs> things we should bring up. Probably not a good up. opening, but uh, <laughs> plenty of people, that's how they do get going with conversations. So I, I guess everything. But yeah, no, Dale Carnegie was big about uh, avoiding specific subjects like that because, uh, like I said, everybody's so different. But uh, with that, if you know somebody, and maybe that could be part of your rapport is building that common ground if you know the other person agrees with you or if you attend uh, whatever your religious place may be. Right. If you, yeah. Absolutely. And, and the other side of that is if the person who you're 
talking with who you just met all of a sudden out of nowhere says, well, you know, and I've been a huge supporter of ex political candidate. <laughs> sure. And it's somebody who you can't stand. <laughs> then you've turned them off. Well, or but if you're the one listening, keep your mouth shut exactly. and just change the subject. Change because the subject. if you if you go at it with them. Obviously, that is not going to. That's not uh, going to build good rapport. A lot that's not going to get you in that. a good place. Yeah, so you want to avoid uh, certain subjects and uh, realize everybody has come to their understanding of the world uh, through their own experiences. Your experiences are different than mine, and everything else. So you have to be okay with that. But like you said, at the same time, if somebody uh, lets it all hang out, you know what to and what not to talk about. So you could use that to your advantage in terms of uh, rapport. A- absolutely, a lot to be said for that. One of my favorites and my go-to, and I know it's your (laughs) go-to to building rapport, is to inject an element of humor. Exactly. It's it's everything. Jokes. And uh, once again, and once again, you have to be tricky I with my jokes and one-liners and uh, repertoire and all that good stuff. I have to uh, make sure you don't say anything that could possibly step on somebody's toes. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, at the same time, uh, I guess my advice to so many people is you can't say nothing. There's a point of uh, being sensitive. I totally believe in that. But at the same time... Uh, but very rarely do I uh, say something that somebody says, ah, that was kind of weird uh, later or something like that. Uh, I can think of, uh, I can just think of things that I've said here and there that, ooh, maybe that wasn't the most tactful. But with that, 99.999% of the time, it's been good. Yeah, well, humor can be used to break the ice, even, even in the most dire of situations. situations. You know, um, as many of the listeners know, uh, my, my close friend, uh, Brad Clark, uh, Hanover firefighter, tragically died in the line of duty uh, on October 11th. Yes. And I was fortunate enough to be asked to speak at his funeral. Sure. And there were about uh, 3,500 people at wow. this funeral at the Meadow Event Park. Hmm. And the service, the seating, everything, the whole thing was taking a lot longer than anybody had anticipated, uh, which wasn't a bad thing, but still, it was a, a long... testament to him? It was, and yes. it was a long service. So I get up to the, uh, I get up to the podium, and in this most serious of circumstances, and Brad sure. loved to joke. Aww. The first thing I said was, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be very difficult for me to really characterize Brad in just the next two and a half hours, but I'm going to (laughs) try. And right away, that got a laugh from the entire crowd. And all of a sudden, you've built some rapport. They love you already. You are on their side, and they know you're one of them. And a lot to be said for that. And like you said, it was a simple joke. You know, you weren't making fun of... uh, No. His habits or anything like that, or something that he may be sensitive about. You were just making a, a silly joke about how long this is at the same time, realizing, hey, we're all in this together, and... It, like you said, it's an testament to him. Yeah, absolutely. And and when when we do public speaking, which I know not not many people listening to the show do, but when you do, to try to break the ice with just something that gets a chuckle, a little chuckle, something like it's that, it's going to be a yes, big indeed. difference. Now, your simple whole, things. It it starts simple. Now, with you, of course, people expect that you are going to make them. You're going to make them laugh. Sure, that's the intention. And so you have endless one liners. <laughs> have these, do these just come to you in the heat of the moment, or are these things that you've worked to develop? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, definitely something you'll see something and it reminds you of uh, what to say at that point. So, yeah, jokes do come up like that. At the same time, I guess uh, I think everybody should get. 
10 funny things that they can say, just simple, non-controversial type subjects, old hitting young men one-liners or something like that that can get it going. And also with that, I think the world's a stage. I think we all need to, as Shakespeare put it best, uh, whatever, 400 plus years ago, the world's a stage. You are... Uh, most of us are desperately unrehearsed, including me. <laughs> but the world's a stage. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, no matter what your profession is, no matter where you are, just building it up with uh, in-laws or anything like that, mother-in-laws. You, you, I mean, everybody's looking at you. Everybody has their moment in the spotlight. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know how you do it because what, what Jonathan is doing is he's <laughs> doing these one-liners while riding a unicycle while juggling flames. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I can barely tap my head and rub ah. my belly at the same time, but it's such an important part, uh, humor to build rapport. If you can make somebody laugh. A lot to be said for that. Even like you said, in situations where laughter may not be appropriate, but just a little chuckle, everybody got to inhale and exhale at a bad situation, a, a terrible situation that you were in, uh, yeah, uh, that you had to speak at, unfortunately. But yeah, a lot to be said for that. That uh, just humor, everything, go all Use the way, it. and just, universal language, universal language, and uh, no matter what it is, just get a, a, a book of classic uh, one thousand one liners. If you're, no matter what your profession is, oh, that's just a good idea. Silly little things, and you may have to search high and low, but you can always find one or two that works for you that uh, just makes people laugh and. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be in front of an audience, right? This could be when you're meeting with one person meeting you've never met for a sales appointment. Little things, a lot to be said for that, and how much further it goes, and how much it can separate the uh, good from the bad, right? Yeah. The pros from the cons. A absolutely. Um, so another huge thing in rapport is being conscious of your body language sure. and the nonverbal signs that you're sending. Exactly. And. I mean, this we could we could talk for the next two hours about sure. just body language, <laughs> but a few high points. Um, we talk about eye contact. Eye contact, a lot to be said for that. Standing up straight, just yeah. simple. So much of uh, life, as they say, I taught when you were in kindergarten, just simple things like acting like you care and being nonchalant and whatever. That does not fly at all in any sort of profession or any for anybody. It just does not work like that. It, it doesn't. And a lot of people are, are scared just for the basics, making eye contact. Sure. Uh, you know, you should you should be, generally speaking, trying when you're having a conversation with someone, trying to make eye contact about 60% of the time. You don't want to freak them out and be just staring at them. <laughs> you don't want to stare them down. No, but you also don't want to be looking off to the wall or looking. Like you don't care. And this has become the oh, ultimate rapport killer. And, and I'm holding my, my phone here. Every day. I, uh, yes. Yes. With my shows, everything. And now with that, uh, when you see somebody playing with their phone, simple things like just walking, you know, if it's a, uh, you know, you need to stop texting me. I told you it would never work <laughs> out. I don't have a job. You know, I, whatever. I see ladies <laughs> texting and everything and just simple jokes like that. I mean, yeah, yeah just, just make jokes about that and hopefully they'll get the, uh, the message <laughs> to put it down, because like you said, there's few things when people playing with their phone or any sort of electronic device, which has taken over so much of our culture, if you will, that, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a it's a it's a buzzkill. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> gosh. And, and 20 years ago, when you first started in this, none of that. I mean, there was none of that. I mean, there was there you it must be so much harder when you're in a public forum like that yeah. to 
to get people's attention because you're competing with with yeah with exactly the somebody whole who's internet. With, you're competing with the whole world. Exactly, a lot to be said for that. And uh, I'm thinking of an incident just uh, nine days ago at a school where yeah, the, I was trying to make a good impression because this was a PTA president, if you will, and uh, she kept texting. But like he's like I said, I just kept making. Jokes about, you need to stop texting me. I told you, he is no good for you. He doesn't have a job. <laughs> Find somebody who cares. All that stuff. And uh, I guess she got the message and uh, stop playing with her phone. Yeah, so so you got to look people in the eye. You've, gotta, you've got to you've got to not hold, you know, which means that you're not looking at your phone. Yeah, you're not distracted. A good tip at the family dinner table uh, as well, by the way. Exactly. Um, but uh, we also need to be focused on... Being relaxed, but being open, right? So if you're sitting, it sends a very different message if I'm sitting here with my my arms open, mm-hmm. making eye contact, versus if I sit here and cross my arms. Exactly, looking like you're in a gang. And close, yeah. It, like you want to challenge it, it somebody. It looks cold. It also sends us subconscious cues that we are closed off exactly. to whatever you're saying. Even if that's not the case, Um I mean, crossing your arms is actually, it's, it's a big no-no with people. Oh, it is. Yeah, a lot. And just standing up straight, just simple things like that. Just something that, fortunately, most people can do, stand up straight yeah. and taking pride in yourself. But at the same time, like you said, not being overtly in your face or let me tell you how I feel. But, uh, yeah, a lot to be said for that. Just simple things, like you said, just people yeah. crossing their arms or uh, whatever, not paying attention to you when you're talking to them, that kind of stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Not good. And uh, we've got more tips, more rapport building techniques. Don't go anywhere. I'm here with Jonathan. You're listening to The Great People Show. Welcome back. Sitting here with Jonathan Austin here, finishing up the home stretch of uh, today's show. And uh, before we went to break, we were talking about body language to build rapport, things like eye contact, things like not looking at your phone, things like not crossing your arms, uh, all all important things. There's another technique that a lot of people do with their body language, and uh, before we move on, which is about uh, mirroring the other person's body language. Huh. So this is something that uh, that I've used a lot in my career when I've been involved in sales. Sure. And if you're sitting with someone... And they are a very intense person, and they are leaning forward on on your desk or leaning forward in their chair, and they're they're just very intensely into the conversation. Mm-hmm. You probably don't want to sit back in your chair and lean way back and exactly. and and be too calm. Mm-hmm. You want to mirror that. You want to sit up. You want to straight forward instead of uh, dominating. A lot to be said just to uh, join the party, right? Right. That, that's the way they are, and and like we said, everybody's so different. They're, they're, introverts, extroverts, all sorts of types to make the world go round. That a lot to be said for, yeah. That's Mary, right. I like and, that. And and vice versa. If you have somebody who is a very relaxed, very laid back person, type. and they are kicked back in their chair, mm-hmm. they're sitting back, they're lean back. I'm not saying to you know have terrible posture and, <laughs> and, and 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 slump over, but sit back in your chair, mimic that because that person might be uncomfortable. Exactly. If, if you are leaning over mm-hmm. toward them when they're just totally calm. Relaxed and laid back. And I, I, I mean, that's just wonderful. Like I said, uh, I mean, I guess with what I do, it's polarized. I'm speaking to a crowd with that. I, I think to all our listeners, just remember the world's a stage. You have to be able to read your crowd. Everybody's so different. I'm doing a show right afterwards, and the average age is 80 years old, but these are just the sweetest people in the world. And mm-hmm. then they're, I, I, next day I'll be at a child's party. You just have to realize how to talk to people. And uh, 
try to join their world for for better or for worse. Yeah, and I love that joining their world exactly be, because and and with you, let's just talk about something simple like clothes. So you dress very differently for a kid's party exactly. versus a public festival versus a corporate black tie event, sure. and, and you do all those things. I mean, how important is just dressing to your crowd? Dressing is so important and uh, reading your crowd. I mean, you want to be on your own ground. You, I think you do want to be able to find your own style with that. You don't want to show up uh, looking junky and everything else when everybody's dressed to the nines and vice versa. You may have a college crowd or younger people who may not take as much pride in uh, wearing the finest clothes. So at the same time, you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So yeah. a lot to be said for just uh, finding a common ground on that. Yeah. So, you know, in, in my career, I work with so many business owners sure. uh, who are who are working on making transitions in their business. And I will tell you, if I'm if I'm working with a doctor who's looking to make a big change in, in his or her practice, sure, I wear a suit. Exactly. If I'm meeting with somebody who owns a construction company, mm-hmm. um, I'm probably going to dress, down. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to dress in khakis and a polo. A lot to be said um, for that. And, and I'm not trying to stereotype the industries. No, no, I, I but, agree with you. But you, you need to dress to make the person that you're meeting with comfortable. A lot to be said um, for that. Yeah, because again, they're going to feel more in common with you. Exactly. You, I mean, you almost have a built-in, uh, you're, a leg up, if you will, already just by showing up in the doctor and he sees you're, you've uh, taken pride in yourself, you exercise, you take care of yourself, a lot to be said for that. Uh, and then in that situation, like you said, have a suit on and then somebody else who's uh, out sweating yeah. on their job, maybe dress a little more casual yeah. so you, they don't feel intimidated. And don't. you just, like you said, you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, there's not us and them. It's like you said, building a rapport. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and one of, one of our other big tips for building rapport is showing empathy, um, demonstrating that you can see the other person's point of view. A lot to be said for that. It's because it's, it's all about being on the same wavelength as somebody else. Building so being rapport. empathetic will achieve this. And one way that we can be empathetic would be if I was sitting here with you, and again, and you're you're just someone who I, I just met, mm-hmm. and we're kind of getting some niceties out of the way before we get into whatever our business at hand is. Sure, and you know, and you say, well, you know, my my, what's been going on with me lately? I've just been overwhelmed because all this rain has caused massive flooding on mm. on my property. You're to repeat that back to that person in some way the next when you have the opportunity to talk again you know to say my gosh so so you're you're having a tough time dealing with all the flooding on your property Relate to I mean what uh, are, you know is everything okay with that what are you doing and ask questions about the things that they seem to be very concerned about and again it's it's discovering that wow this person really cares about me they heard what i said exactly. they're they're being in, in intentional listeners and and folks i'm not saying that this is something to fake or that something that is meant to be disingenuous mm-hmm. i i hope we should all care exactly. about what's going on in other people's be able lives to put yourself in other people's place it's it's a matter of of listening and not just thinking about yourself and trying to top of the story. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear about your, I, I, I don't, I shouldn't listen to your flooding story and then right away tell a story about the time that it happened to me. Exactly. Show that I care about, about you, you know, 
story topping is a is a great way to to lose rapport. You know, if it really is, if if yeah, a lot to be said, and uh, we all have our highs and lows, and that's that. No matter who you are, whether you're the king of Siam or a bricklayer, I mean, we all have our highs and lows, and that's the way it goes. But a lot to be said for just consolation and a listening ear to other people, and just saying. Hey, I mean, there's really nothing I can do. It's not like you could go fix the situation, but at the same time, whoa, that is not good. And and that happens all the time. I mean, everybody, like I said, has their highs and lows and some things that are unpreventable. And there's really nothing you can offer more than consolation and a listening ear where you realize when that situation, well, I mean, it's not like I have a million dollars in my pocket to hand the person whose property was flooded, but... At the same time, just the consolation and try to make them feel better. And at the same time, you're doing it for yourself. You're going to feel better about giving that person that. And like you said, and being uh, genuine about it. Absolutely. And remember what what those things were. You know, if you're in a meeting, you're taking notes, take some notes down. Because you know what? Shoot, Jonathan said that he was having all this flooding issues. A few days later, I should probably send him an email. Exactly. And just say, you know, hey, Jonathan, great seeing you the other day. Hey, not even writing about business, was curious to see how's, how's everything going with, with the yeah, house. Yeah, exactly. A lot to be said for that, and that shows that you remember and you're thinking about them. And I certainly go out of my way to try to do that, and I highly suggest it to others. A lot to be said. Yeah, and, and as we ask other people these questions to try to learn more about them, try to, try to ask open-ended questions. Don't ask things that are just yes and no questions. Ask things of other people that are going to help to get them to open up, that are going to cause you to learn more about them. Um, yes and no questions, They again, they don't really help you to build that relationship necessarily. And I, I just... I think it's so important that, that we take time to ask questions that are going to have thoughtful, thoughtful answers. Um, and, so true. you know, the, when you agree with someone else, uh, say so openly, say, you know, and, and let them know. Again, it helps you develop that, that similar rapport. Exactly. And I mean, when you genuinely agree with someone, I'm not suggesting that if, again, Fake that it person, you make it. right. And not if that's, that. that person suddenly brings up politics, let's say, and they have a very opposite view on the political scene that you do, don't agree with them just to make them feel better. Also, don't enter enter into a debate. A debate that won't I, get anywhere. You know, exactly. I mean, say that something like, "Yes, kill the, uh, the repertoire." Exactly, mm-hmm. and and you know, when that happens to me, which it, it happens fairly it happens regularly, to everybody, you just say, "Yeah," I, you know, I'll say something to the effect of, "Yeah, well, I tell you, the uh, the political landscape today is <laughs> is just the most polarizing thing exactly. that I've ever seen." Let's and, not go uh, there. So about the weather next week, and, <laughs> exactly. and change the subject, right? Back to your house flooding, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, have and and. Again, where we're in a culture too, Jonathan, that political jokes are, it's such an easy way to get a laugh right now. Sure, sure, sure. And you, I know as a matter of, as a matter of just purpose, you don't go there as easy as it could be for you to make fun of certain things going on in modern politics. You have to draw the line at some point. You don't go there, right? Well, I say I don't do political jokes because I've seen too many get elected. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you. And that's going to get a laugh out of anybody, right? Exactly. No matter what no side matter of the aisle you're spectrum on. You're on. And, you're and I guess a lot to be said for religion and all that, that you do have to. Uh, now, with that, if you go to a church or you go to a political rally, you know your crowd. So you know yes. what to say and all that. So Yeah, or at least at the very least, you know what not to say, right? What not to say. And sometimes uh, in life, as you're learning, you have to uh, 
in order to learn what to say, you have to first learn what not to say. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so we've all Amen. made faux pas, and with that, we all do. But at the same time, my suggestion to all the listeners is to forgive yourself with that and learn from the experience. Take a lick and keep on ticking. Absolutely, and uh, and and along those same lines, um, be not be non-judgmental uh, towards the other person. Exactly. Uh, you know, let go of the stereotypes of any preconceived ideas that you have about people. So true. You know. I know that uh, one thing you and I have talked about just when we've had lunch and, and just been you and I over the years is sure. we've talked about how one one challenge that entertainers have is that most people think, okay, gosh, this guy this guy juggles and tells jokes and, and does magic for a living. There must not be, you know, a whole lot of, of intellect to him. And oh, and yes. And the fact is, and that's not just you, that's anybody I've, in that yes, in that industry. And the fact is, of course, you've got to be a pretty amazing businessman to be able to take something like this and grow a very successful career out of it, there's a lot more layers beyond... Beyond what people see. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's so true with everybody, just uh, being savvy, but also, uh, yeah, just so many things you see and then you learn later, what is it they say about uh, teaching? It's uh, what, uh, one-fourth preparation and three-fourth theatrics. With that, you don't see in order to be, do the theatrics. Like I said, you have to exercise. You have to take care of yourself. So there's a lot to see behind the scenes. So that's you right. do have to always want to relate to that with the other person. And that's that's true for an entertainer. And that's true on on the stereotypical other side of the spectrum. You know, a, a, a brain surgeon, uh, you know, they they probably don't want to talk about brain surgery, uh, you know, when they're off. Their their favorite thing may be going home and, you know, and watching soap operas and, and, not, uh, talking and, and not talking about <laughs> it. And and, you know, for all you know, they, they may live on, on a farm and spend all their off time out in the fields. Preconceived notions about people are one of the largest barriers to building good rapport and good relationships. So take that time to learn about them and, and really understand where they are, uh, where they're coming from. So true and find common ground. A absolutely. And, um, as we're finishing up today, folks, uh, again, Jonathan, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you and, so much. You know, if you have not seen Jonathan, where can they find you? Oh, let's see. Joe's in Bon Air on Wednesday nights and uh, about 100 different festivals that I go to throughout the year. So please come up and say hello. I love to meet the people I'm performing for. Uh, and where can they find you on the internet? if they're JonathanAustin.com. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. Awesome. Well, uh, if you have not seen Jonathan, catch him sometime soon. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with a special Thanksgiving episode of The Great People Show. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye-bye. Just like this. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.